Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we're committed to resourcing people in worshiping God and serving others meaningfully for community transformation. Here is the week's teaching. How are you all doing? My name is Ivan Muhumuza, commonly known as Blessed Ivan. <laughs> and I'm excited to be here this morning. Yesterday, I attended a wedding of one of our friends. And at that wedding, uh, someone told me a story. A story of a young couple that were head over heels in love with each other. They loved each other so much. Um, the guy thought this lady was the best thing that ever happened to him. To her, the best thing that ever happened to him. And of course, as the journey goes, they got married on that beautiful day that most women look forward to. And um, they made the vows for better, for us, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health. What else do they say? In poverty and in richer. I just say that for richer, for poorer. You know, they made those vows to each other. That colorful moment, that deco, perfect, everything beautiful. They walk down the aisle, the friends are singing, the guy is super excited. You know why? Those that, that are married. And generally, there is a happy mood around the place. And three months into their marriage, something tragic happens to the lady. The lady goes insane. Uh, no someone, no words, no vows, no nothing had prepared this guy for that experience. No counseling had prepared him for that experience. So the lady goes insane one morning and runs out of the house. Runs out of the house, goes to the street. She undresses. She starts behaving weird and queer. So the guy comes back home, <laughs> ready to be welcomed. Oh, welcome back home, sweetie. Uh, the word we use with my wife is sweetie. I don't know what, the, what words you all use, but <laughs> we use sweetie. <laughs> so she, probably the guy is expecting, welcome back home, sweetie. What was your day? And he gets in and he's not seeing the wife. And he receives news that the wife is on a street somewhere, She's gone insane. She's become dirty. She's crazy. So the guy runs out of home, goes to the street, drags the lady back home. And the next morning, the lady wakes up. While the guy has gone to work, the lady does the same thing. And she runs back to the street. She's fighting. She wants to beat this guy, the husband, whenever the husband comes to him. She's fighting. She doesn't want the husband in her space while she was insane. And so, as relatives, you, you know relatives, eh? For us here, we have good relatives, but <laughs> the relatives of the guy start telling him, but what's wrong with you? The lady has become insane. Just let the lady go. To the point that even the family of the lady 
decided to let the lady go because they tried over a period of some months to get her back into the home and nothing was working out. But this guy, <laughs> this guy, the husband of the lady never gave up on the wife. He went every single morning, every single lunchtime, every single evening and took the lady food took the lady clothes, made sure she protected the lady. She put people to protect the lady wherever she went to protect her from being raped or being killed or doing anything harmful to her. The guy went out of his way, loved the wife. Hmm? Y'all are quiet. Loved... <laughs> The wife in ways that are unimaginable. Not expecting anything in return. Not ever hoping that this lady will become sin again. Because he had given up. But what he didn't give up on was loving and demonstrating love to this lady. Of course, you're all expecting a happy ending. I wish I could tell you that there was a happy ending to the story. That the lady became sin and came back home. I wish I could tell you that. But, yeah. Okay, now there was a happy ending. <laughs> After some years, this guy did this every single day. I don't remember how many years it was, but after some years, the lady got back to her senses and came back home. And came back into the marital home. Of course, you can't imagine the joy that was at home. You can't imagine Muluganda Bagamba Evigambo Kalida Kumatama. How do they translate that into English? The words dried on the mouths of those who are <laughs> laughing at this guy who went out of his way to love the wife in spite of what she had become, in spite of what she was doing. The, the husband never saw an insane person. The husband saw my beautiful wife that I walked down the aisle with. The husband never saw a dirty, unkempt something person. The husband saw the beautiful babe, the epitome of elegance that I married on that day. And that is what inspired all his actions. That is what inspired him to love and love this woman in spite of what she had become. Today we are going to talk about grace so amazing. The truth that you and I are loved in spite of who we are, in spite of what we have done, in spite of where we've been in life. The truth that our Father loves us deeply. Deeply in ways we cannot even begin to fathom and imagine. Romans chapter 5, 6 to 11. Let's read this together. For when we were still without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man, Someone would even dare to die. 
But God demonstrated his own love toward us. In that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. We'll go verse by verse. Verse 6 says, For when we were still without strength, when we were still without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Friends, Christ did not wait for you and I to change the way we behave, to, to be at our best. He did not wait for you and I to, to, to be at your best behavior, to, be at, to, to have the best life, to, to be righteous, to put our ways right. He did not wait for us to put our act together. He loved us when we were still without strength. When we did not deserve it, when we could not earn it, he loved us. When we were still in that dead state, when we were just like that lady who became insane, Christ was like that husband who loved us in spite of who we were. He did not wait for us to first get back into our mind and put our act together and be righteous and speak the right words and do that. He did not wait for us to do that. He loved us when we were still without strength. I love using this example. You see this beautiful baby? Hmm? You see this very cute baby? If this was your daughter, and <laughs> you found her at home on your five-acre <laughs> mansion, piece of land. And you found her very happy, having fun in the mud. What would you do? Yeah? What would you do? You would hug her. Jesus, you would hug her with a slap or just, you just hug her. You would join her in the mud and you start <laughs> dancing in the mud. What would you do? Do you think if you told this baby, <laughs> get up and wash yourself, do you think she, her first instinct would be to run to where the clean water is so she can wash herself? I don't think so. Because I think in her mind, this is very clean water. This is a very perfect space. She needs to have fun and dive. She, she don't care what is in that water. She doesn't care. She, uh, uh. <laughs> she doesn't care what is in that mud, what is in that water. She is having the time of her life. In fact, she will see you and say, Mommy, Daddy. Usually the daddies. <laughs> Probably she will say, Mommy, 
I'm excited. I'm having fun. I just touched this water. Look, don't I look beautiful? What? And probably the parent will be thinking, I don't know. It will depend on what type of parent they are. <laughs> Some of them might say, can you get out of that mud before I jump out of my skeleton? <laughs> Yeah, you're wondering how to jump out of your skeleton. <laughs> Our science teacher used to tell us those things when we were still in primary. <laughs> Get your act together before I jump out of my skeleton. And so you try and imagine, what does he mean by jump out of your skeleton? Like, how do you jump <laughs> out of your skeleton? But probably if you told this kid to go and clean themselves up, they'll just get back into the mud and roll some more. As a, as a loving parent, what God does for us, he finds us in that mess and he picks us up the way we are. Eh? He does not tell us to first clean up. He does not tell us to first go and clean ourselves up because probably that young kid can't clean themselves up. They probably can't wash their clothes. That's what you and I were. We were still without strength. We could do nothing for ourselves. We couldn't get ourselves to the standard of God, to his righteous standard. And so he found us in that state when we were still without strength, when we did not deserve mercy, when we did not, when we could not earn anything, when we were still without strength. The scripture says, in due time. In due time, just in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Friends, Christ didn't only die for the righteous people. He died for the ungodly. If you ever think of any ungodly person, the sacrifice, the death of Christ covers them too. For when we were weak, ungodly, pathetic, enemies, Christ died for us. We did not deserve it. It was an act of grace. He was willing to save us in spite of our actions and who we were. You know, our society has taught us uh, something for something. That's what the society, I'm old. <laughs> I am musical. I know very old music. Some people who were born in 2000 are wondering, oh, what's that? <laughs> It's a song. Some guy sang a song. Something for something. Who was that? Because I think he was close to those people. Like, in our society, we've been taught that we earn love. That's what we've been taught. When we go through school, which people do they celebrate in school? The people who have performed. The people who have performed to a certain level. You think you can go through that for seven years of your life. Eh? In primary, six years of your life. In secondary school, four years of your life on campus. And, and you think you, your mindset, unless you're intention on renewing it, won't be shaped to think that for someone to be celebrated and loved, they need to have performed to a certain standard. In the home I grew up in, <laughs> for me to get a Christmas gift, I had to be either the first, 
second, or third in class. Full stop. If I was the fourth, there was no Christmas gift. And you know what the Christmas gifts were? <laughs> they were clothes. That is the time of the year when you got new clothes at home. And so you put them on on Christmas, on New Year's Eve, on New Year's, on Easter, ah, and then it became usual clothing. Then you waited for the next Christmas. And it was a big deal. But for me to get those clothes, men, I had to perform in class. I had to be among the best three students. Consistently. If I was not, <laughs> you'd get back home. When you bring the report and you're the fourth, the moment you reach home on Friday, you used to get our reports on Friday, they cane you. After caning you, you go and start revising for the next term. On that day, on Friday, my father used not to go to work. Yeah. He would be waiting at home for the report card. Now, when you brought it back and you were the first, second, or third, eh, that was qualification to go and play what? You were in his good books. So society has taught many of us to think that way. To think that people earn love. And so when we come to, <laughs> when we come to Christ, <laughs> we think that God's love is similar to human love. Don't be deceived. It is not. Human love has limits. Human love has limits. Even your, your husband that loves you so much, he has limits. Even the wife that loves you so much has limits. Human love has limits. It has bounds. God's love is limitless. God's love is boundless. God's love never ends. Never. Never, 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 never ends. A song we sang. Your love never fails, never gives up, never runs out on me. It never, ever, ever runs out. And we do not perform. We do not work to earn it. As you can see, we are still without strength. There is nothing we could do. But he loved us in spite of that. Real love begins where nothing is expected in return. That is where real love begins. Let's continue. Romans 5, 7. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. The simple interpretation of this scripture is, it, like, it makes some sense. Eh? For someone to die, for a good person. Eh? For a good person. Like, it makes sense for you to die for your wife. Hey, it makes sense for you to die for your husband. <laughs> yes. It makes sense for you to die for your mom, for your child, for your dad. Yeah, if you love him so much, it probably makes sense for you to die for him. It probably makes sense for you to die for your pastor. Aha, uh -huh. now I've started stepping on people's toes. <laughs> For the man of God, man of God, those that didn't click it. <laughs> it, it probably makes sense, humanly. It would have made sense, 
to us if we were righteous and Christ died for us. I would say, oh yeah, man. Yeah, we, we were good and so he died for us. Yeah, I mean, he, he needed to die. After all, we were tick. We were this emoji. I don't know what it means, but that emoji. We were that. Huh? We were legit. We were the perfect son. It probably makes sense. But if you woke up one day, you who is seated here, and they told you they are going to execute, who is the leader of Boko Haram? I don't remember his name. They're going to execute the leader of Boko Haram that tortures people, that kidnapped those girls that up to now the Nigerian government claims is still looking for. That, eh? And they said they were going to kill him, execute him, and you show up. From Uganda, from worship harvest, Nalia, and you show up. Nzemia will die in his place. How many of you think that comes easily? You, you, you can't even imagine it. When people look at you, they will think you're, you're crazy. There is something wrong with you. Where would you be dying for someone who does not deserve to be died for? Why would you be giving your life for someone who has killed other people, who has behaved a certain way, who has brought more harm than good into his society? Why? Friends, this is what Christ did for you and I. We were totally, totally, totally undeserving. Totally undeserving sinners, enemies of God. But he died for us. He gave his life for you and I. Now, someone said that the gospel is, is the gospel is when you understand that you are more sinful than you can ever believe. Hmm? And yet at the same time, you are more loved than you can ever imagine. That's a gospel. That you are more sinful than you can accept, admit. Or believe even right now you're saying, ha, me, ha, okay, I can't be that. Day. But you, at the same time, you are more loved than you can ever, ever, ever imagine. Now this is what Christ did for you and I. In verse 8, he says, but God demonstrates his own love toward us. In that while we were still sinners, what did Christ do? He died for us. While we were still sinners, sometime I gave an example of a rat in one of the meetings I was in that I'm going to use right now. I know many of us love rats. Yeah, because they are God's creation, right? And God said that everything is created is good, right? Eh, eh? You mean rats are not good? <laughs> rats are good. Never mind you keep chasing them out of your home. You know, at times it helps when you paint a picture of where we were as sinners. It helps when you paint that picture, when you understand what we looked like in our former state, for you to be able to appreciate the depth of God's love and grace. That rat, that rat, that example of a rat. Imagine, imagine for a moment in your mind, just go back to your room right now. Have you gone back to your room? Are you seeing the way you left your bed? Very well arranged. Watch check it, eh? I know the guys <laughs> who stay alone. 
and were like me. And I won't go there. But just imagine. Just, you've gone to your room, right? Are you seeing the pillow? The pillow? That pillow that you left, that very beautiful pillow. Probably it has a white, what is that thing called? Pillow cover, pillowcase. Probably it has a white pillowcase. Imagine you go back today. In a few hours after this, imagine you go back and you find a, a beautiful picture on your pillow cover, your white pillow cover. I'm going to paint that picture. You all know a rat. Now imagine the rat is dead. Hmm? Have you ever seen a dead rat? Hmm. Imagine the rat is dead. And it has stayed for about two weeks. Hmm? Imagine. Imagine. Stayed for about two weeks. Right? Two weeks. Some people are getting excited. Two weeks. It has a terrible stench. Bad. You sense it and you're like <laughs> 200 meters away from your house and you're like, what's going on in this place? I need to dash and enter my house to run away from this stench. <laughs> and yet, and imagine it not only has a stench, it has some beautiful creatures, other creatures of God that are white and that move in a certain, eh, they break dance. <laughs> Imagine they move in a very beautiful, well-arranged motion. And they are on your pillowcase. Your white pillowcase. And it's not these small rats. Eh? It's one of those got big. <laughs> I don't know what it's called in English. I remember we used to call it Musomba Vyoma when we were still younger. Imagine it is dead, hmm? it is rotten, and it's giving birth to what happens when things rot. Those are maggots, and they are dancing. Hmm? <laughs> I hate to say it, but that is a little glimpse of what you and I were without Christ. That's a little glimpse of what you and I were without Christ. We were sinners, we were dead in sin, and we were giving birth to fruit of what? Of sin. That is what we were. But do you know what Christ did? <laughs> Let's, let me imagine Christ is a, is a cat. Eh? Let me imagine Christ is a cat. No, let me imagine you are Christ, and you're the owner of the bedroom. And you get into that bedroom, stinking as it is. You pick up the rat... Make sure you put away all the maggots. Hmm? Remove them. You pick up the rat. You bring that rat back to life. No, you hug the rat. <laughs> you hug it and embrace it and say, Oh my God, I love you so much. And it comes back to life. <laughs> in, your, in your embrace, in your chest. And it comes back to life. <laughs> I know some of you are finding it hard <laughs> to imagine it. <laughs> that is what Christ did for you and I. He found us while we were still sinners. While we were still at our worst, God gave us his best. 
While we were still in our worst state, he gave us his only, his best. He demonstrated his own love. Love is not just talked about. It is demonstrated. He demonstrated his own love toward us. In that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The next time you think of love, think of the sacrifice of Christ on that cross. Because it is the perfect demonstration of love. The perfect demonstration of love. He went through the greatest humiliation. He went through the greatest pain any human being could ever bear. To just demonstrate that he loves you. That he loves you. That, that he cares about you. He, he did that before you got your act together. While you were still sinners. While we were still sinners. While we were still like that dead rat. That was rotten. With its maggots. While we were still in that dead state. Christ died for you and I. Before we said sorry. Before we started doing the good things or repented. You know some people think that God begins to love you when you start behaving nice. No, 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 no. That is not what the scripture says. The scripture says something different. It doesn't matter what you've done. When you did it, the magnitude of what you did, what you are doing now, he loves you. He established, he proved, he manifested his love. By dying for you and I on the cross. That's the good news that the world needs to hear. That's the good news that the world needs to hear. First John Fonten says, in this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us. And he sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. And for by grace you have been saved through faith. And that none of yourselves, it is a gift of God. His love we did not earn it. We do not earn God's love. We can never do anything to cause him to love us less or to love us more. He loves us because he is love. He does not love you because you do right or wrong. He loves you because he is love. It is not of works, lest anyone should boast. There is this interesting quote that says, God saw me for who I am, yet chose me and claimed me as his own. He didn't wait for me to style up, to get my act together. Romans 5, 9 to 10. Let's read this together. Much more than having been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. You know, salvation, for me, and I, th I think for very many people, used to be a, uh, it was like a catch me, while you were, it was like a trap. When you, they asked you to receive Christ, when they were preaching to you, this is what they told you, you were loved. The thing I just talked about before, you are loved in spite of what you have done. What? You are loved. God doesn't care what you did or what you're planning to do. What? He loves you. Come as you are. Don't change a thing. Open your heart. You walk right in. Just as you are. Then once you enter. Now you need to start praying every day. 
for God to express his, for God to give you more gifts. You need to fast. If you don't fast, man, God is going to seize loving you as much as he used to. Um, you need to go for garage. Some people come to garage because they feel if they don't come to garage, God is going to punish them. No. Lie. That's a lie. You, what? So, once you got in, after they assured you of God's love, and you entered inside, it's like God's love was left outside the door. And once you enter inside, you meet a different picture of God. A God who is angry, a God who is waiting to punish you for whatever thing you have done. Hey? A God who has a whip, who is seated pulling his long white beard, waiting for you to think one thought of adultery. Oh! And then he will wallop you. Look, that is not the God we believe. That is the God Father, not God the Father. That's a God Father. That's not God the Father. Because the scripture says, he has just described to us that we were loved when we were still sinners. And then you know how he starts this verse? He says, much more than now that you have been justified by his blood. Do you think God is going to love you less? No. He, he, he won't love you less. He still loves you. He says, much more. This projector. I'll look this way. Much more than having now been justified by his blood. We shall be saved. Salvation. Sozo. Life. Romans, I think 8.32. Says, for he who spared not his only son, but gave him up for us all, how shall not he, together with him, freely give us how many things? All things. He loves you. He loves you so much. It doesn't mean that when you receive Christ, now you need to start overdoing what? For God to love you. To, to love you. To love you. For God to love you. No. No. He loves you. He still loves you. The God you believed in that place when you felt, oh my God, how can I be a sinner like man when I was receiving Christ? Jesus. I appreciated the love of God in ways I'd never imagined. Because I'd done some pretty crazy stuff. At, at 12 years, 13 years, 14 years of age. Yeah, There is something to show for my sinful nature. Like, you can check out my book, Untitled. You read in detail some of the things I had done. Like, yeah. I'm terrible stuff. But he loved me. And then when I got into salvation, I started feeling like I need to perform for him to love me. Like as if when... <laughs> like as if when I was receiving the life of Christ, I performed my way to receive that love of Christ. I did nothing. He says much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, whether God has no more beef with you. Yeah, God has no beef with you. If you ever have a picture of God having beef with you, that is the devil. The devil is the one who has beef with you, not God. He has nothing against you. You were reconciled. The scripture says, when, if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. So he loves you so much, he does not want you to live in sickness. He loves you so much. He does not want you to live in sin. He loves you so much. 
He does not want you to live in poverty. He loves you so much. He does not want you to struggle in your marriage. He loves you. He loves you so much, much more. Now that you have received him, you will be saved. You will experience salvation, fullness of life through him. We now have full access to God. Salvation is much more than being saved from God's wrath. Salvation is health, is wealth, is joy, is peace, is everything beautiful. As we conclude, Romans 5.11, let's read this together. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. Friends, you and I are reconciled to God. We are reconciled to God because of Christ. Not because we say sorry, not because we repent and turn our ways. We are already reconciled. All that we just do to align ourselves with what God has done for us. The greatest happiness of life is the conviction that we are loved. Loved for ourselves or rather loved in spite of ourselves. Friends, this morning, all I needed to tell you, if you forget everything else I've said, is that by grace, you are loved. By grace, you are loved in spite of who you are, in spite of what you do, in spite of where you have been or what you have done right or wrong. God loves you because he is love. And the perfect demonstration of love is Jesus on the cross. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this teaching. We hope you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0312-281-555.